Quiet on set. Picture is up. All right, roll sound. Rolling. Roll cameras. Cams rolling. And three, two. Hey, everybody. What's going on? Welcome back to Hank's Think Tank. Guess what? Got Mark Hogan on my left. Howdy, everybody. Good to have you back in, bro. It's been a little while since we've done one of these, so... I'm happy to have you in. It's a great show to get get back with, too. Yeah, yeah. This is going to be really interesting. We have Vlad Debriansky. That's correct. And he is from Ukraine. And what we're going to do is we're going to unpack this whole situation and try to figure out where we are as, as a country, where Ukraine is as a country, where Russia is as a country. And I think it, it needs to start with kind of a little bit of history in order for us to really understand this. And... Uh, what I'd like to do first is 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 let Vlad to um, introduce himself and kind of tell us where he's from, how he got here, and uh, we'll just go from there. So, stay tuned, man. This is going to be a good one. Welcome aboard, Vlad. Thank how you. are Welcome. you? I'm glad. Good to see I'm you. good. I'm good. In good spirit, though. Uh, well, I was born in Ukraine, in the western part of Ukraine. Uh, I grew up there, but I also grew up in Siberia, in Russia, when I was about seven years old. For three years, we lived there with a the family. Then we came back. Uh, I went to college in Ukraine. Uh, I finished my master's in uh, in rocket science, basically, short short say. Wow! And then uh, then I got invited to Berklee College of Music in Boston to attend uh, study there, and uh, I studied in Boston. Then uh, I couldn't leave the states, going back to Europe, because I had the Soviet Union passport. Mm-hmm. And the Soviet Union no more, and I got stuck in America. Oh wow! And yeah, so I was one of those people. Maybe you've seen the a movie with Tom Hanks how he's stuck at the airport. Right. Well, that's basically happened to me. Wow. So this is right at the breakup of the Soviet yeah. Union. Yeah. Okay. So I didn't have any passports. So basically, I was stuck in the states with nothing. I was a human being without any citizenship. Wow. And then uh, uh, music took me to studios in New York City. I lived in New York City uh, and uh, eventually I signed a contract as an artist for a recording uh, company and uh, made my recordings and I had uh, multiple albums. Several albums were top of the charts. And then uh, I became a producer. I moved to Los Angeles. I, I lived in Los Angeles for 20 years and then uh, <clears throat> produced many, many, many artists and uh made music and still do and then you know i'm a jazz and blues guitarist so i have that going on plus producing and then in 2010 i got approached by Berklee college music to spearhead sort of like a, a branch an office in eastern europe to bring the jazz and blues studies there okay and at first i thought warsaw in, in poland then sweden then st petersburg in russia uh but i wasn't really interested let's say that like you know i I like to educate people in music uh and have my own method but didn't trigger for me but then in 2014 what happened um is that russia annexed crimea and imposed the proxy war in donbass in eastern Mm -hmm. part of ukraine right through their sort of called rebels let's say that and uh, and that kind of triggered me to do something for ukraine you know, the heart ached. And uh, and I went there. I went there and I said, hey, I want to open a school. I put my own money. I did the whole thing myself. Uh, and, 
you know, in two years we became successful school there. And we had graduates and some of the graduates became stars and so on and so forth. Uh, a lot of them moved to the States because they offered scholarships for top schools here after what we'd done there. And, uh, and, we, and, we, and we continued there. And I was uh, sharing my time between Los Angeles and Kiev from 2014 to, until 2017. Then 2017, I moved fully to Kiev because I married a Ukrainian woman. Okay. Uh, everybody should. <laughs> and then, uh, uh, then uh, we opened a new branch and a new branch. And I was just there uh, in February. Uh, opening a, a bigger school with investors, and uh, we were about to announce our new new curriculum and new uh, new um, new semester. Mm -hmm. And my wife and I uh, sort of decided, all right, so let's move from Los Angeles to Texas because we wanted to move to Texas for a couple of weeks, and then go on the twenty sixth of February to Ukraine. Uh, unfortunately, on twenty fourth, I got phone calls that. The Russian rockets, ballistic missiles, are bombarding every major city in Ukraine. Mm -hmm. So obviously, that's changed everything. Right. So, you know, and and it's been hard for us to disseminate what's true, what's not. We yeah. get we yeah. get a lot of information. We get a lot of agenda-driven news. Just of course, take yeah. with a grain of salt. Right. Yeah. And so, what I'd really like to do is is kind of get an idea, because I'm I'm stuck between two schools of thought. Mm -hmm. Is Putin trying to rebuild the old USSR, mm -hmm. or does he really have an issue and a fear that NATO is at his back door? Well, you, you see, the, and, it, yeah, and so it, would that be the reason why he's moved so aggressively into Ukraine, or do, or is there another agenda that we don't even know about? You know, his true agenda is confuse you. Okay, and that's exactly what you said. I'm not sure what to think. That's exactly his goal. That's exactly what his goal is. It's the goal of every KGB trained guy. Even though when I was in school, I was an A student in Soviet Union, mm -hmm. right? So obviously they put me out of the crowd because they thought I'm going to be the next somebody mm -hmm. for them. And I've been told these things, these methods, okay. that, that there is no black and white, there is gray. Okay. Right? In order to, to confuse, in order for people not to take sides, Right. This way, they are free to go and do whatever they want. As long as they can plant a little seed of doubt in there. Exactly. Push you one way or the other. Exactly. So it's basically, the confusion is the key. And God is replaced by the leader, right? Uh, like Communist Party, let's say. Right. And uh, the ideology of, of those people is the main weapon, the main thought, the main heart, how they live. Mm -hmm. Right. And the ideology of Putin is nothing else but Bolshevik. He's a KGB guy. He grew up in Soviet Union. He was trained in KGB schools in Germany, in Dresden, and then in St. Petersburg, obviously. In St. Petersburg, that's where the NKVD KGB started. Right. And I was in St. Petersburg when I was a boy in the 80s. And I remember we, we met with my family. My family was was prosecuted by the KGB. You know, my, my family is from priest family. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, they Stalin uh, basically sent all, all my family members to Caucasus. Uh, at that time, that was like a popular destination for the repression for the uh, uh, for the priests, mm -hmm. right? So I know this firsthand, right? And uh, uh, Putin is one of those guys. If you probably notice, 
you know, I lived in the States for 30 years. Mm -hmm. and, and if you noticed, uh, when Putin came to power, sort of the, everything's changed here as well, right? There are no news. CNN is kind of confusing you a little bit. There's a lot of information uh, in colleges that's not really capitalistic anymore, right? Right. Uh, a lot of things can, like, kind of moved here and there, and there's a lot of gray areas, and then people start to argue, mm -hmm. right? Well, that's, that's the goal. The, the goal is that uh, the, what I call civilization, the game to the civilized world means order, values, the way we uh, respect each other and, and the way we make the world a better place, right? It's going to be confused now because mm -hmm. what's a better place? Well, this guy says differently and this guy says differently. That's the goal of uh, propaganda. The KGB is the master of it. Uh, I said this, and I will say it many, many times. Uh, the propaganda, uh, it's not the bullets that kill. It's the propaganda that kills. Mm -hmm. Because it's, the gun itself doesn't do anything. You have to have right. a human being with a gun. And the, uh, the human being has a brain, and the propaganda tells him what to do. So that's what propaganda is. And uh, uh, actually, you said this thing about that you confused. I got bombarded on my Facebook and my tube, obviously by the Russian bots, but not just that, mm -hmm. with credible people from Australia, from the from New Zealand, from here, from uh, England, and saying, look, it's all good, Putin, you don't understand. They're telling me, <laughs> my, my family's getting telling bombarded. You, you don't right? understand. I don't understand, Putin is taking out the deep state, right, hmm. out of Ukraine. Right. So that's what they're telling you. So, and that's, and that's the propaganda that, that was going on for, 20 years, for 22 years since mm -hmm. Putin is here. Before that, it wasn't that. Like, have you heard a, a term, a deep state before? Yeah, absolutely. You haven't. you haven't heard things like capitalism, socialism before? No, you didn't. So all of that stuff gets confusing. People don't understand that they call Sweden socialism, you know, mm -hmm. though it's capitalism, or Norway, mm -hmm. the right. same ways. So people are confused because that's, that's the confusion. And again, uh, the capitalist society think that the uh, the whole law goes around the capital so the private property the way you you create things right the the value of your work it's all capital mm -hmm. right where in the ideology of bolsheviks it has nothing to do with that the ideology of bolsheviks is about we are right you are wrong and live like us that's it they don't need capital and by the way, if, if you go to uh, Russian news right now, it's like a, a flash mob right now there that um, all the girls, like 20s and 30s, they go to Zara, for example. They buy stuff and throw it in the bucket. So we don't need this capitalist stuff. So it, it, it just, for, like for them, it's like oil into the fire. Yeah, give me more of that. Right, so that's the idea. That's exactly what I'm what, what I'm telling. That Putin it has not it has nothing to do with Soviet Union. It has nothing to do with uh, sanctions or money or anything like this. It has to do with ideology. And if you go back with that ideology, you go back to Marx, mm -hmm. because that's where KGB takes their roots from. Marx, Engels, Lenin, Stalin, Putin. It's the same line. I mean, it's not changed. You know, uh, my wife and I, we went to Moscow, I think about seven, eight years ago, something like that. <clears throat> uh, they invited us because they wanted to open American Music Academy through me there. 
And I didn't know it was the KGB who came to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they had budget from Putin's office to create sort of a legitimate uh, cultural layer for the education, for the, for the kids. They will think, they, hey, we have the same thing as there, but this is our guy who's doing this because they called me our guy. Mm-hmm. Right. So when we refused, they couldn't believe it. How is that? I was born in Ukraine and I'm not their guy. Right. Mm-hmm. So a lot of that happened. Uh, and we were there during, uh, I think it was 7th, 8th and 9th of May. Now, 9th of May for Russia, as in Soviet Union, it was the victory day from the World War II. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though in, in Europe it's the 8th of May. Right, and it's uh, it's called the Victory Day of World War Two in Russia. It's called the 9th of May, and it's called the Victory Day for our Motherland War. It's a little bit different. Okay. Right, and um, and we went there, and uh, we couldn't believe it. You see, this Mercedes is. We were in Moscow, you know, and Moscow is like Las Vegas, so to speak. Right, and uh, and you see these kids with families and mom and dads and everybody's walking on streets uh, with uniforms from the Soviet Union in the 1940s. And they were walking with that and kind of remembering the people who died during the war. But at the same time, they had uh, things like, for example, uh, we, we can repeat this again. <laughs> Everybody. Hmm. So, and uh, that was preparing the public the Russian public, uh, like, hey, the West is there. We're going to watch them and we're going to fight them. So and this has been going on a long, long time then. Yes, I think it, it happened since the Putin came to power. Uh, if Putin didn't come to power, if Yeltsin stayed there, I think it wouldn't, it wouldn't be this way. But Putin is a KGB guy. Again, the, you get the trail there. And uh, he's the guy who truly is upset with the West. He is the guy who's trying to, to deliver the end game for Lenin's idea, for Marx's idea. He's not afraid anymore. The gloves are off. So really it has nothing to do with Ukraine? No. It has nothing to do with Ukraine. It has to do with him against the West. That's it. And I'll, and I'll tell you more if you want me to oh, absolutely. say that. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, the Bolsheviks and the Nazis started from the same route. Okay. Right. From Germany, as we know it, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, the communists, basically, what, what, what's, what, what's here called communist, we call it Bolsheviks. Bolshevik in Russian means the majority. Mensheviks means the minority. Okay. So they call themselves Bolsheviks as a majority, right? Uh, but they're communist in a sense, right? Uh, but not in a good sense, because the, the communal idea is kind of a utopian good idea, kind of a hippies and all that land, right? Mm-hmm. But this is, has nothing to do with this, right? Uh, the Marx idea was that the capitalism is pure evil, basically. Right. Right. Marx and Engels, right? Who people don't don't know, check them out. They were philosophers from from uh, France who were self-hated Jews, what's called. Right. And uh, they hated everything about the capitalism. The capital, they hated everything about private property. They, have, they hated everything about... Uh, delivering uh, the goods or, for example, value a human's work. Right. They didn't believe in that. They didn't believe in individualism and Nothing freedom of thought because you, you well, go off on your own thing. and That's already a byproduct of that. 
that was kind of written by Lenin and everybody else. But the fundamental idea that the enemy is the money, right? The enemy is the production of goods in exchange for money. Mm-hmm. The enemy is value your work, right, mm-hmm. for money, right? That's the enemy, because they thought this is fundamentally wrong, right? Of course, there is no fundamental ideas. There's no nothing that in the Bible. There's nothing this anywhere, right? If you just created this idea, mm-hmm. right? And obviously, it it uh, flew with the very poor people, right? The very poor people said, "Oh yeah, absolutely. I don't have any money." I don't have to work. Right. Why do I have to work? I don't have to money. Uh, I don't have to do anything. I, I should get stuff. So the idea of, of Marxism was, give me that for free, right? Mm-hmm. Very kind of rough saying, it, right? Sure. So uh, of course, all that individualism, the freedom, and all, and and uh, exploring your your potential and and making sure that you're happy, the pursuit of happiness, that is irrelevant to Marxism. Because it, it has nothing to do with the fundamental idea of finding a common, uh, a, a common enemy. And the common enemy was the capital. So the uh, organizing people around the common enemy makes a powerful ideology. Right? Nobody, like even now in Russia, nobody thinks about freedom. You can ask them, it's like, what? We don't understand what that is. Really? Right. Of course not. Of course not. Huh. They, they, they don't know. They, they'll say, we are going to fight the West because the West is an enemy. That's all they're going to say. Mm-hmm. They're not going to say, oh, do I lose my freedom? What is freedom? What does that mean? How is that to find your own potential? What is that to be happy? Right? Nobody knows that in Russia. They, nobody taught them this. See, that's a difference. Uh, in order well, to, That's to, hard for me to wrap my head around because it, it just seems so fundamentally innate. Yes. You know? To, to to want freedom and, and to be able self-discovery and I mean it just seems innately human I'll of tell course. you what's really, what's really scary is that that has taken root on the American colleges and the young people in particular the American left if you want to say that uh, freedom is selfish capitalism is bad I mean you've got bands of people out there that are uh, promoting that idea, you know. But I would say, uh, 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 I'm sorry to interrupt, but I would say it's not just left, the, the right as well. And speaking of that, for like for example, if you go, it's not about politics I'm talking right now, but let's talk about the politics, for for instance. So since Obama was in the office, then Trump, now now, now Biden, if if you look at the what's what left, what's right, it, it's constantly changing right now. Right. Like, like for example, people who tell me that, yeah, let's go Putin and and, and take out the, the deep state out of Ukraine. These are the extreme right. Mm-hmm. It's not the left saying this, but they're supporting the Bolshevik. Mm-hmm. See, that's the confusion I'm talking right. about. Yeah, the so roles have been reversed. They always do that. Right. They always do this. And it's not about the left or right. It's about the confusion. And the more people are confused, the easier for Bolsheviks to do their dirty work. Right. That's all it is. And... Uh, for America, the the best way to, to, to do is just think of the value of what is freedom, as you said, individual freedom. What is the capital? Why we have capitalism, right? Why do we have this? And concentrate on those values rather than who is right and who is wrong, because that's exactly what, what Putin does and KGB does. For example, if you create a common, en- a, a, a common enemy as a Nazi, you just call somebody a Nazi. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a common enemy because it's a, it's a boogeyman. Right. 
right? It's easy. Or let's say this. Uh, I'll say something. Let's imagine I'm KGB. Well, you know what? America went to kill innocent people in Iraq. And it's, we know it's innocent. We know there was no chemical weapons or biological mm -hmm. weapons there. So America is bad. That's it. I just said the KGB line. Right? And it's easy for the left and to the right so to agree. Mm -hmm. Right? So that's so that's what I'm saying. It, uh, Putin wants to have left and right. Do you know that in Russia there is no left and right? There's no left and right. There's a center. Right. That's all it is. And that's how dangerous it is. And if you left and right, obviously, it's less of us and more of him. So what about the Ukrainian position then? Yeah. Where are they at on this? I mean, it seems like they would be angry at the West also because if if Putin's ideology is just to rid the globe of Western ideology, yeah. then it seems like and, – and now Ukraine has become the victim of that. It seems like they'd be angrier than anyone. Well, what happened in Ukraine is kind of interesting because Ukraine independs. Well, first of all, let's make sure there's a little bit of history lesson. Uh, Ukraine as a state is an ancient sovereign state, right? 1500 years old as a state. Okay. As people even older, right? If you go to museum in natural history in New York City and you see where the, where the, where the first homes were and hearths and, and all of that and, and blueprints of houses and engineering, that was Ukraine. Right, and that and, and that dates fifteen thousand BC. That's what it's seventeen thousand years ago. Mm -hmm. So it's an ancient people, but as far as state, it's fifteen hundred years old. It lost its statehood uh, during the attack of the Huns of the Mongol Tartars in twelfth century, and Kiev was burned. That's how Ukrainians made made uh, Lviv as a it's a Western Ukraine as mm -hmm. their capital. And Danilo Halitsky was the king of that state. After that, one of the princes from the Kiev kings was ousted from uh, the kingdom because he was trying to get the throne and all that stuff, as you know from the history. That's, that, so that was common. And he went to the Mongol Tartars at that time. And they established what's called Moscow. And Moscow Kreml, right? <clears throat> and that was a first state for them, state slash city slash uh, castle. Okay. Right. And they were fighting against the Ukraine at the time, right? And Ukraine with Poland later on in in, in 14th century, they got united in, in Rzeczpospolita. That was a big uh, country. <clears throat> and nobody was basically... Uh, attacking Ukraine then, even though a lot of uh, Russians don't like to admit it, uh, Moscow was uh, conquered by Polish king. And it was Poland at some point. I'm sure the Russians who are listening are mad right now, but if you go to, to, to Wikipedia, you'll be surprised. So, <clears throat> and uh, and then actually he even ad adopted the Slavic name, Vladimir, <laughs> because it was a king, he has to be a Vladimir. Okay. Right, and uh, so Moscow was not a powerful state by any means, but they were kind of uh, uh, hooligans, if you will, right? And they were paying the tax to the Huns until Ivan the Terrible, mm -hmm. right? And we're talking already 16th century. So Ivan the Terrible was the beginning of what's called Russian statehood, right? It wasn't called Russia, it was called Moscovia, Moscow State in English. And until later, which was in 17th century, Peter the Great came to power, 
That's how Russia was established. So we're talking about 400 years of Russian state versus 1,500 years of Ukraine. Right? Obviously, a lot of uh, wars came through, a lot of uh, terror attacks, I guess, from Molgo Tatars and then modern Russia, what we call it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, then Catherine the Great, being a German, uh, she became uh, queen of Russia, which uh, it was Tsar and Tsaritsa at that time. And uh, she did pogroms in, in, in Ukraine, in eastern Ukraine, even though Cossacks were fighting them off, but then they made a deal with Cossacks. And and people that don't know what a pogrom is, that's a, a cleansing or a, a purge it's of It's a purge of, of, of a nation, or yeah. a purge of a military uh, kind of uh, people and so on. Basically, it's a purge. Pogrom in Russian means uh, to destroy. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Nikolai I and Nikolai II did pogroms in Kiev for uh, the Jewish people. And uh, a lot of Jews know about that, right? Um, so that was the... The short history, so what happened with Ukraine? And in 1918, Ukraine became independent during the Russian Revolution for a year. Then the Bolsheviks came and uh, took the power. Uh, but the Western Ukraine was not under Soviet Union until 1939 when Nazi, along with uh, Soviet Union, divided Poland. Right, That was a division. A lot of actually Ukrainians ended up in Poland because of that and vice versa. Mm-hmm. So, and then the World War II, as we know it, and then from 1946, Ukraine was officially part of the Soviet Union, Western and Eastern Ukraine, until 1991. In 1991, Soviet Union collapsed, and with a referendum, Ukraine was independent. So, Ukraine's independence in modern day is 31 day. Yeah. I mean, 31 years, I'm sorry. Okay. But it's been going on for a long, long, long time. Yeah, it's, an, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a confusing uh, history, but at the same time, you have to realize that Kiev uh, was the major influence in culture in, in Europe before 12th century. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. The, the first Queen Anne of, of France was the daughter of Yaroslav, the, the king of Kiev. So it's the same with Netherlands, Germany. Belgium. So a lot of that uh, I'm, I'm sure that Europeans know, but Americans don't. Yeah. Right. And then Russians don't want to. Right. So uh, it's, a, it's a propaganda again, uh, because obviously uh, the ones who want to win the war, they want to make sure people read the right theory. Right. You know? So when so, we get to what's going on right now. Okay. Well, w- w- what happened... Uh, so in 2004, there was what's called Orange Revolution. You probably heard of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ukraine had a problem with the president, with the legitimate president. So uh, a guy called Yanukovych, right, and another guy called Yushchenko uh, were going for president seat, and uh, people voted for Yushchenko, but the election was rigged. And Yanukovych won. People went on the streets. Went on the streets and said, we don't believe this. And it was called what's called Orange Revolution in 2004. Yushchenko won at the end of it. Then in 2008, again, the new presidential election. And uh, Yanukovych won. And when, when Yanukovych won, before that, uh, the, Europe, uh, the uh, uh, Ukrainian 
direction of development was written constitution, which is a European. Okay. And the direction was to uh, to get into European e Economic Union first, mm -hmm. and then to European Union. And until 2013, that was going by plan. But then all of a sudden, the prime minister and the president says, no, we're not going to sign that. 2013. People on the streets, what do you mean? Especially the youth. They mm -hmm. want to be in Europe. <laughs> they right. want to be having fun in bars and having the education and all that stuff. So <clears throat> nobody wanted to go back to the Soviet Union right. part. So And uh, they went on the streets. And that's when things started to go wrong. Right. In fact, I came to Ukraine, to Kiev in November 2013 to kind of see what's going on. And a friend of mine, a uh, famous singer, Ruslan Lezhichka, and, and she was there on the kind of a main uh, speaker of, on the stage there. And I spoke to her a lot. And then I went to see the ambassador because I'm an American citizen. So I want to make sure that I'm safe. And I want to, to make sure what, what can I do? Mm -hmm. His name was Jeffrey Pyatt. And, uh, <clears throat> and he explained to me what, what, what was going on and how uh, Yanukovych didn't want to sign this and that. Uh, and uh, well, it was all a, a stage. It was a world stage, I should say this. And uh, at one point, everything broke because uh, the uh, police started to shoot at people, mm -hmm. right, and killing people. Now I'm pretty sure it was Putin. People, I'm pretty sure, in order to make that disaster, in order to take the Crimea, to impose all that stuff. Yeah. But at that time, nobody knew who and why, and why they still can't find it. You know. So <clears throat> that disaster happened. Um, then in 2014, Crimea was annexed. Then Donbass uh, <clears throat> was a disaster. The, the Russian colonels came, and, and Russia says there is no Russian army. And I, you know, I, I saw that. You know, even Jeffrey Pye, the ambassador, he goes to CNN and says, "Oh, it's a war. Russia is doing the war in Ukraine." Mm -hmm. And the anchor at CNN says, oh, "No, no, that's your opinion. We don't think so." So it was a setup. It was a setup. Even though whatever you see on the ground, the CNN didn't want to say, mm -hmm. because I think CNN was had a a directive. That's what I think. Well, I think the mainstream media has a directive for yeah. sure. So and that's what happened. And, and 15,000 people died in eastern Ukraine at that time. My wife is from eastern Ukraine. Mm -hmm. So a lot of my uh, friends, and I opened a school uh, later, and a lot of my employees were from eastern Ukraine, and they lost their houses. The Russians came and just said, give it to me, like Bolsheviks, give it to me. <clears throat> right? And uh, they moved to, to Kiev and lived there. And this kind of installed conflict that's what Russians do they did it in Georgia they did it in Moldova they did it in Syria they, they do this everywhere in order to make sure that the, that the country will never be prosperous right <clears throat> or join NATO, NATO for example or join European Union or do whatever they want right, right? so that's the method and uh, so that's what happened that's how Ukraine sort of first had a sense uh oh something's going to happen so obviously uh, Russian's army didn't withdraw from Crimea or from Donbass, right? They uh, wanted to make sure that the Ukraine signs a Minsk agreement. A Minsk agreement is basically giving up Donbass and Crimea forever, mm -hmm. right? And more maybe 
because it's a, it's it's basically they they want to do a federation out of Ukraine, right? And uh, <clears throat> the that president that that was then Petro Poroshenko, who was elected during the war, and it's a little bit questionable to me how he was elected because it was fast and probably was uh, helped by American government, I'm sure. Uh, but he was a pro-Western guy. No matter what, he he liked the values of, of Western civilization. Okay. Know? And uh, two years of war with Donbass, but then later it became better, better, and better. And I was there because of my school. So I was on the ground. People became happier and everything was going, was going all right. And then in 2019, a surprise. Uh, a lot of oligarchs didn't like Poroshenko because he wanted he tried to go after them because of the corruption. Mm -hmm. One of them was Kolomoisky, and he had the biggest bank. It's called Privat Bank, and he nationalized that bank for the simple reason that that guy was basically taking the money out of people's pockets and for his right. own things, whatever it was. So, and the anti-corruption committee was established, all of that kind of, all institutions that, that were established uh, in, in corruption-wise, they were good and bad, because good things that they exist, bad things they didn't have any uh, real real power, right? So, people were confused, and uh, out of the blue, there's this comedian, Zelensky, He's a very popular comedian. He's like Charlie Chaplin of not just Ukraine, in Russia, everywhere. He produces a lot of movies. He, his movies are tops all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, he has a talk show. He has a, a theater, and it's sold out everywhere. And he's licensing his, uh, his movies all over the world, everywhere. So he's very popular. Right. Very, very popular. And he gets elected. 73% of people elect him, especially from the East which is Donbass, Zaporizhia, mm -hmm. Kharkiv, all of that stuff, Russian-speaking people. Mm -hmm. And when I was uh, seeing this, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, oh, this is just a joke. A clown is becoming mm -hmm. a president. It's just a joke. What does, he, what does he know about anything? You know, I'm entertainer too, right? But I wouldn't be daring to do this, you know? Yeah. Head of state. I would start probably with managing a building and then managing a street or something, you know. Do <laughs> you think a, he was probably just as surprised as everybody else that he actually won? Everybody was surprised. He was surprised too. He didn't have a team. So he was kind of gathering the team, you know, out of whoever is there. Mm -hmm. But people who were around them uh, kind of believed in the new spirit, you know, uh, finally we can do something cool. And, and the first thing he did is like, let's develop a huge IT sector. And actually, every everything in Ukraine right now is not is so there's no paper. It's all in, in your phone. Right. Everything's in your phone. Yeah. Passport, everything. Technologically advanced. Technologically advanced. Right. Because there's a lot of IT engineers in Ukraine, so he gathered them together and put the the idea into their head, and and they have a new ministry of uh, basically a department of IT with the government. <laughs> so that was kind of unique and you know adventurous and. And pretty much a good idea because it kind of loses the idea of, of bureaucracy and corruption itself because you can't, I mean, it's right there, everything. Right. So it's kind of a good idea. But still, me personally, I didn't support him. Uh, my wife is Ukrainian citizen. She didn't vote for him. <laughs> so, <laughs> and uh, we kind of, you know, thought it's a joke, didn't like the guy. 
didn't understand what he was doing and and you know it's like uh, sort of like 25 percent of ukrainians didn't, didn't support him but the majority did so he was a truly elected majority president no no question about it no question about it then all of a sudden in 2020 when the COVID came everybody started to criticize him the ones who voted for him and i was very surprised there was well, a lot of, what was their big beef with well, him there was a lot of media saying look he's a russian speaking he doesn't support russian speaking people and he became president of ukraine and but by, by, by constitution he needs to speak ukrainian Mm-hmm. to the microphone so that's what he did he couldn't even speak at the, at the beginning but he's an actor he learned mm-hmm. he's fast uh, and he started speaking Ukrainian that was not well recepted by the East right but not just by the East by media controlled by the oligarchs controlled by Kremlin so that was their aha uh-huh, that's where we get him because they, they couldn't because we all knew sooner, right. sooner or later Russia has to invade everybody Ukrainian knew that they took Crimea they took the east they want to make sure that mm-hmm. they take it we all knew that so and what happened is uh, we want to make sure that the president knows how else he can defeat right and uh, they were thankfully to Trump his uh, cabinet was sending the weapons to Ukraine because Obama sent blankets and uh, that guy sent weapons. Mm-hmm. Not for free, but Ukraine needed weapons because y- Ukrainians understood that there is war going on every day in eastern Ukraine. People are getting killed. We want to make sure. And this was during the Russian buildup of troops, right? Correct. Okay. Exactly in 2020, they started to build up on the, on the south. Okay. So they were building for two years. Then the, like you remember the, the Belarusia problem, and that's how Putin got the Belarusia on their side, right? And then the troops were going all the way in order to surround Ukraine. Right. So the- Putin's idea of Ukraine is very simple. His ambition is, is, is very banal. He wants to be remembered as Lenin. That's his ambition. That's all it is. Uh, but the idea of how, of how he does it, he has ideology, again, as I mentioned, is against the West. Right? Now he, he sees a Jewish guy doing capitalistic ideas in Ukraine. That means weakens Russia. Mm-hmm. Right? And it goes against his belief system. First of all, the fascists and the Bolsheviks are against Jews because they're capitalists, just given. Mm-hmm. So internally, he sees Ukraine as part of Russia. There, it's not, it's, it's not, not like he wants it to become part of Russia. He sees it that way already. He, he, wants, he wants Ukraine part of a uh, Soviet state. It's not part of Russia. He, right. he, he, he's a very much a Russophile. A Russophile is a, is a word that, you, that he uses. Well, that means he, he is all pro-Russian. That's called Russophil. Okay. And he divides people anti-Rus, anti-Russian, and pro-Russian. That's all he sees in the world. And everybody who doesn't like Russia is anti-Russian. Everybody who criticizes Russia is anti-Russian. That's very simple for him. 
right? He doesn't understand the uh, what you said, the values of democracy, mm -hmm. and, and all. he understands the ideology of KGB and Stalin and and uh, all that anti-capitalist idea. That's what he is, and that's what he's feeding to people, but they are eating it up because that's how they grew up. They are sons and daughters of Bolsheviks. Well, speaking of propaganda, like yeah. we were before, do you think the average Russian person, I know they agree with what he's doing, but do they really know what's going on over there? No, they don't. And I know that for sure because my brother lives there. And uh, well, they, We have state-controlled media, but I, right. I guess the Internet's been shut down at this point. Uh, well, it's not shut down yet, and if it's going to be shut down from the West, China has it. So internet is, is going to be up, but uh, it's going to be used against the West. And right now they shut down the Facebook and uh, the social sites. I think uh, the Twitter and Twitter, uh, Snapchat. Yeah, they yeah. shut down that. But they have their own social sites. And uh, the but they don't get any news from from this part of the world. Zero. Yeah. Well, for example, I'm not going to go far uh, far away. Let me read the news right now. What's in Russia? And we'll see what's going on. Sure. It'd be great. <clears throat> I'll go. Here's my capitalistic iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I go to a site called uh, RIA. Mm -hmm. RIA.ru. R-I-A.ru. Okay. Uh, that's a very popular Russian news. It's kind of like New York Times. Okay. Right. Kind of like mainstream. State-controlled, obviously. Everything state-controlled. Mm -hmm. Uh, you're not allowed to, <laughs> to have different opinion. Um, so there were some, at least what we've heard yeah. on the news here, that there were some free media there that all got shut down. All shut down. Yeah. And that's about two years ago, <clears throat> not just now. Not just now. No, no, no. Uh, two, two years ago, got shut down. Okay. What are the headlines today in uh, uh, Moscow? Let, let me see. Here's download, bad internet here, guys. Ria um, Novosti, right? It's, uh, it's downloading, you know. Just read the headlines. There you go. There you go. The the so the first one. SBU SBU that's uh, uh, Ukrainian security office, mm -hmm. right? Kind of like an FBI here, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, it's all about Ukraine, of course, and uh, they started to. Uh, so the the Ukrainian security started to. Uh, hunt people who want to emigrate to Russia. Oh, right. okay. How helpful. Of course. Oh. Now, Putin told Macron and Scholz, so Macron is the French president mm -hmm. and Scholz is German, that the Ukrainian army uh, don't keep the uh, international law. Right, he's getting into the chemical, use of chemical weapons, or at least saying that Ukraine's... there is no chemical weapons in Ukraine. But right. if he's saying this, he's that means say they're going to use them. Right, that means it's he's a planning. setup. Yeah, right. yeah. Uh, Russian uh, Russian uh, army have control of Nova Andreev and and Kirill. I'm not sure what these points are, so I don't know where that is. Uh, Serbia. Applause, Russia, of course. Now, uh, Russia is making sure that people in Berdansk and Melitopol are safe and they're giving humanitarian aid. It's a lie. I just saw today from a friend of mine from Melitopol video how the ballistic missiles going into the nine floor buildings mm -hmm. and destroying everything. Yeah. 
and more than that. I mean, <coughs> my family is there. So and, and it's all like that. So basically, uh, they all they, they they take anything uh, from Ukraine and they twist it. And I saw it in Russia. Sure, I, I remember even uh, like during the Donbas time, which I think it was like 2015. I think they show a field and they show uh, a cannon, and the mm -hmm. cannon shoots somewhere into the field, mm -hmm. and the narrative says. We see how the Nazi Ukrainians kill the peaceful Russian-speaking people. Yeah. Hmm. So these Nazis want to kill anti-Russians. I mean, they anti-Russians, they want to kill Russians. And that's his rhetoric, and that was 2015, and it's on the news all the time. When you, when you talk to a Russian uh, in Los Angeles, he'll say, yeah, but it's all the West who is there in Ukraine mingling all that stuff. Putin is right. Because they live in here, they're watching Russian news. Mm -hmm. Now, the um, for example, today uh, there was uh, in Berlin, uh, or oh, yesterday, in Berlin, uh, a Russian community came out with Russian flags and USSR flags, and mm -hmm. say we, we we support Putin, West get out of of Ukraine. Right, so that's that's how the fifth column works. I'm not sure if you if you know the term. Yeah. yeah. So they they put that ideology inside of those countries, which is the enemy for them, mm -hmm. and make sure it's split so there is no support, and that's why the government cannot decide what to do. You know, for example, uh, Macron could have helped Ukraine a long time ago. Germany, of course, could have because they. Well, they, this, everybody they, they saw know. this latest thing coming. They had of a two-year buildup. They course. weren't having a barbecue out there. Of course. Yeah. You, you, Ukraine government uh, wanted to make sure. And by the way, if you notice, Biden was screaming, Russia's going to invade. Russia's going to invade. But that was exactly the KGB propaganda. They are trying to West behave as their main spokesperson. And then Russia denies that. And obviously they lie because they invade, yeah. right? But these guys will make a panic, even though the Ukrainians didn't make a panic. They, they knew it was going to come, mm -hmm. and they were preparing. But if you make a panic, what's going to be good for that? Yeah. Right? Love so, is beneficial for but them. But that's how KGB works. That's how KGB works. And, the, and I'm, so ups I'm actually upset more about, uh, not about uh, people. I mean, people either know or they don't. But I'm upset about the leaders uh, because they they are bound by contracts that have no legal anymore power and they they think it's about bureaucracy they do uh, they don't understand this is basically civilized world needs to be involved otherwise it's not going to be civilized right it's just a very simple thing if you if you civilize you care about human life basically you care about the values that we uh, in civil world know, right? Uh, if you don't, then you're probably not civilized. So, and by the way, Putin said that because I speak Russian, you know, and I re and I read and I hear what he says. It's not translated here. A lot of that, what he, what he said, is just is just unbelievable. Like, like for example, he said on the twenty third of February. That's the day before they. The actually. day before that, he said, "Well." <clears throat> They are self-proclaimed civilization, the West. We don't think so. He said that on the national TV. Not single newspaper said that here. Hmm. Right. So 
it's an evil guy who's stating things directly, not being translated. Now, obviously, this propaganda works for the Russians and those people who here believe, yeah, he's right because they're deep state, whatever they want to do, right? But in a sense, it's all about destroying the Western values as they are. You know, NATO, if you think about NATO, well, let's just think logically. What is NATO? It's basically three countries, right? It's uh, America, England, and Germany, and France, maybe, fourth country. That's it. All other countries are tiny, tiny countries. Right. Yeah, it's made up of many well, nations. What, like, yeah. like, like, what is Belgium? It's nothing. It's just mm -hmm. tiny country. What is Netherlands? Tiny country. Norway. Four, four million people in the entire Norway. Mm -hmm. You know, so people don't realize that NATO is actually not that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a... It's a it's a bureaucratic state, right? It's a, it's a it's a bureaucracy more so than at least like UN, in that sense, where Putin realizes very well. And then at the end of the day, each country has to make sure that they defeat themselves. You know, Biden says he asked twelve thousand troops into Polish border, right? Twelve thousand troops. Well, two hundred thousand Russians came to Ukraine. Two hundred thousand. Mm -hmm. Does he realize in the uh, like who who is he talking to? Idiots, you know. It's well, just that's the same thing I thought when I heard that he had he was sending uh, eight thousand here and ten thousand there. And I thought, well, what are they doing? What are they doing? They need somebody to serve the coffee. What exactly. Else are they like what, what is going on? So so there is no dis decisive. Maybe, maybe he's overconfident. Just thinks, hey, you know, they got a hundred thousand. We only need fifty guys. Yeah, oh, maybe, yeah. maybe, yeah. You don't knock but it I, off. We're gonna send another five thousand over there. You know, and then the the humanitarian crisis. Uh, Ukraine right now has two million five hundred thousand people left Ukraine. Right, and it's mostly to Poland. Mm -hmm. Right, right. So, my wife and I be set up a fund in helping all those kids and 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 women because the men stay in Ukraine. Right, they have to stay and fight. They, they stay, they stay and fight. So the kids goodbyes and not sure what's going to happen. And uh, a lot of these women also don't have any means to survive. Right. Even if they go to Poland and, and let's say Poland says, okay, we'll take you as a, as a refugee. What well, that means, there is a gym at school and they put some mattresses on and that's it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what, what's next? You know, it's a very terrible situation. And now imagine you are in cities like Mariupol or Severodonetsk, where my, my wife is from. Which is now, I've heard, surrounded. They all surround it. Yeah. They, they all surround, and it's obvious, but uh, because that's the Crimea, that's what they want to do, mm -hmm. if you look at the map. But uh, it's about a, a night, about 40 bombs go into one neighborhood. Mm -hmm. 40 bombs a night. That's just terror, man. It's just terror. Uh, you know, the Russians have, uh, like about two, uh, no, two, two days ago, they got uh, a command. If they see a civilian, they shoot. Don't care. And you know why? Because the civilians fight. But, but Putin has to have a plan. He has to have an end game. It's a very simple plan. So, he knows that West is going to be silent. He knows that. If you remember what Biden said in January, right? 
oh, if Putin does a minor incursion in Ukraine, that's fine, right? right. Uh, yeah, I said it out loud in a microphone. If it's a minor thing, you yeah, know. Yeah, it's fine. He's so, looking for an excuse not to get involved. Exactly. That so, shows. And I understand sort of him, look, he's a humanitarian. He wants to make sure that Americans are safe, that nothing's going to sure, happen. Yeah. Else. I kind of understand that. But at the well, same do, time. Do you think it's that or do you think it's fear of escalation? Because I think that if we got into a, a, a conflict, a direct conflict with Russia. It's well, not direct conflict. That, that the escalation would It's just not a direct conflict. The, the, the direct conflict, if, if Biden says, oh, let's bomb Russia, that's, mm -hmm. that's direct. Well, a no-fly zone would become direct conflict. No-fly zone can be managed for civilian lives, not for the soldiers. It's a difference in that. And, that. and that was also implemented in Iraq and in Syria. It was done. And Trump mm -hmm. was by the, uh, 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 He was in power, by the way, when that happened. So it's just a manipulation. So you don't think Putin would see that as, as just uh, an act of war? The first time a, a Russian plane he got shot said, down in an He said, zone? if somebody helps Ukraine, we'll say this is an act of war. Mm -hmm. But did, like, did you see his face? His Botox everywhere. His wife lives in Switzerland, mm -hmm. right? What war? He wants to bomb his wife in Switzerland? He, so he wants to make sure that he doesn't have a Botox anymore? No, he doesn't. It's all a, you know, poker game. It's a bluff. Of course. So, but he understands the West, especially the leaders. He understands the bureaucracy wins there. He understands that they are risking their ratings. Mm -hmm. He understands that, that this is not ideology for them. It's, but it's about the money value for them, right? He understands that. And that's what I'm trying to say all this time. That's a different fight. This fight with the with the printed money and these fight with rockets and ideology. It's a different game, right? And if you want to fight Putin and, and you don't want to make sure that he goes to Lithuania next and maybe Poland next, mm -hmm. and I guarantee you if he goes to Lithuania and Poland that's a NATO country, nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to happen. Everybody's going to be the same afraid because, oh, we don't, we don't want to make sure everybody's safe here. And he'll get what he wants. It's 1935 all over again, man. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, look how that ended, though. You know. Yeah. So I mean. no, it's a bluff. Nobody's going to do the nukes for sure, and Russians know that too. Trust me, nobody wants in Russia any nukes. Right. So I mean, why end our way of life? It's and, pretty and, good. And remember yeah. that he's not the only one there. There are generals there. You know, the army is a big army. Well, he's taken mm -hmm. how many? Uh, is it two nuclear uh, energy sites in he, Ukraine? He uh, took Chernobyl which is near Kiev, northern mm -hmm. Kiev. But that's a kind of a dead uh, factory. Basically, what happened after the disaster there, they put the, the, the cement all over. Right. So it doesn't do anything. But if a rocket goes into, it's going to be a disaster. It's going to release it again. Yeah. Right. Now, uh, he went to Zaporizhia, and, Z and Zaporizhia, that's the uh, biggest uh, uh, power station in Europe. Right. Yeah, 70% of the power for Ukraine. Right. I don't think he right. wants to blow that up. And what they've done... They, they put Chechens there and they fought people because they know the Ukrainians will not be shooting at the power station. Mm -hmm. So they went there and they trying to make, as we speak, a military center because they won't, they know and nobody's going to shoot there, but they'll put their rockets there and the whole thing. Sure, yeah. That's what they do. That's their tactics. So they basically take the most uh, significant uh, and very vulnerable places and put their, their own rockets, whatever it is there, that nobody will shoot them there. That's their tactics. 
Hmm. That's how they do. It. That's why they want big uh, big cities because that's where the civilians live. Mm-hmm. Ukrainians will not shoot at civilians. Human shield, right? Yeah. So that's that's what they do. That's why they, they they destroy the cities. They don't go into the field to fight. They go to cities. But I thought socially the the Russians and Ukrainians were so intertwined. I mean, I, from what I've heard, a lot heard, of families. Yeah, yes. a lot of families yeah, are yeah. half Russian, and half Ukrainian. Of course. Yeah. How's how's I mean that's. Well, people are people, right? So people have families, they have friends, uh, brothers, sisters, and all that, and they go to to live in those countries where there's opportunity, mm-hmm. right? Uh, basically for economics. So uh, a lot of, for example, uh, even in my family, uh, Ukraine had the uh, the the best institute for oil and gas, right? So they got educated there, but the oil and gas is in Russia, so they got the jobs in Russia. Okay. Right, even the Halliburton is there and all that stuff, right, in mm-hmm. Russia. So, and all these educated people go there, even though they are from Ukraine. So a lot of that happens, right? So uh, then, uh, now, I mean, again, and uh, I will not stress enough how important the ideology is. That's exactly what ideology of Lenin was to make sure there is no national identity. So if there is no no national identity then there will not be independence for that nation, right? And that's that was Stalin who was doing, he was putting people from Ural Mountains to Ukraine, from, from, from Ukraine to Azerbaijan, and so on and so forth, right? To make sure they all intermingled, Okay. right? And that's how Soviet Union basically, I think because of that kind of stayed together, because otherwise, because they forced them to do Soviet Union, mm-hmm. right? That's how they stayed together because nobody could organize in a sense in the national identity and that's the biggest threat to putin right so he doesn't want to do this he has one idea that everything has to do about his uh, ideology now the same thing was gonna was gonna happen to lithuania i guarantee you like almost guarantee you, because because belarus is there and kaliningrad in russia is in, in baltic sea and in order to get from russia to kaliningrad you can't go now mm-hmm. because of sanctions. So you have to go through Lithuania. So it's just on the way. Yeah, mm-hmm. he needs you know, a land bridge. Right, it's on the way, and uh, and I'm sure they know about it. I'm sh- and I'm sure there is also uh, already probably some military that gathering around that border. Mm-hmm. But from what we've been told here, you know, and and at least the general consensus is that, you know. The Russians can take Ukraine, but they can't hold it. Well, they can destroy the cities. You're right. Yeah, they can destroy they, it, and they're working be, on that. Yeah, because they have rockets. Right. That's what they have. They have rockets, and they can destroy. They, there's more rockets in, in, in Ukraine than the entire World War II. So damage so, the infrastructure, make it unlivable, and, and correct. mission accomplished. That's why there's a lot of refugees. But that doesn't mean, I mean, who's going to live there? Right. So if um, his end game is kind of, you know, baffles me a little bit because, all right, you, you're going to destroy the cities. All right, you put your mayor there, and then what? Who's going to pay your tax? Who's going to live there? Mm-hmm. Ukrainians are all united now. It doesn't mean Russian speaking Ukrainians. It's all united, and they want to kill Russian. Oh yeah. So it's going to be for hundreds of generations now. There is no other way. And Ukrainians are not, you know, they're not uh, also economically bound. They're bound by blood by culture by history so perpetual insurgency yeah it's already happening right you know uh the the molotov cocktails is like uh everybody has it 
there's yeah, I've an, seen some I've seen some pretty good videos yeah, of Molotov cocktails. Ev- everybody so, who wow. wants to so there is a law that, that Zelensky said that if you want to shoot a Russian, no problem. They have a law now. Mm-hmm. Parliament adopted it. So if you say, Yeah, I'm gonna shoot them, well here's the Kalashnikov for you. That's why they're shooting every civilian. Hmm. Children, it's a it's a command for them. Children, anybody, women, they should. I've seen dead. some horrific stuff, and I'm sure it's just the tip of the iceberg with the mass graves. The morgues are full. They're just pushing them in a ditch and covering them up, man. Well, what happened uh, uh, so far is that the insurgency is so big that they didn't expect that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of uh, Russian army came uh, thinking it's going to be easy. Right. And they didn't expect that that resistance i can tell they took them lightly yeah yeah and uh, i think the kgb didn't do the, the due diligence to putin they didn't understand how united ukrainians are and uh, a lot of dead bodies what you see is the soldiers the russian soldiers more than that uh, because of the internet ukrainians are eager to show what they do to the russians right they, they're not holding back. It's the first time in my life that I would think that Ukrainians would do this. That's the animosity right now of Ukrainians, mm-hmm. every Ukrainian in the world. And you, you will not stop that. You will not stop that. So even though if, if Russia, let's say hypothetically, Russia takes Lviv, Kiev, and everything else, it's going to be a cancer for them forever. Right. It's not and, gonna, and so that was a miscalculation yeah. on Putin's behalf. Yes, I think. So how does he come out of this then? I mean, because he's got to get away from it somehow and save face. He, how, I, how's he going to do that? Uh, uh, in my opinion, uh, Ukraine uh, right now has the spear, right, and, and the shield at the same time. And I think that Putin will will make an agreement. Because, really? Yeah, because, wow. because he miscalculated as you said it uh the ukrainian resistance mm-hmm. he miscalculated the ukrainian army he miscalculated the the ukrainian um how should i put it even the, geography because they didn't have a good lay of the land they were following roadmaps and and signs that had been there know, was one the, him. there was one ballistic missile uh went to Yugoslavia because it was the same name on the map so the Russians put it <laughs> so yeah that's so a bad accident right there that's uh, not good but thankfully it's Yugoslavia for them right so and uh, you, you're absolutely right so they can't navigate they're stuck in mud mm-hmm. they don't know what to do in this forest and that forest they don't know where the insurgents are yeah they're not used to resistance they have no idea that's right. why they're asking ISIS now because ISIS know how to do the street fights, mm-hmm. right? And Putin and ISIS, I mean, it, it, sh- it should be a secret now. The Palestinians, the ISIS, it's all Putin, right? Mm-hmm. It's all the Kalashnikovs, it's all against the West. So the West has to wake up a little bit and, you know. And then, uh, so they want to make sure that these ISIS come, but, you know, he, he put the Kadyrov Chechen uh, fighters. Mm-hmm. So there's a battalion completely destroyed. So completely destroyed. So uh, Ukrainians are not holding back. It's I think right. It's, Ukrainians are tough, impressive. I yeah, mean, I've seen yeah. some stuff. I was like, wow. Yeah. So what do you think yeah. of the president of Ukraine now? Well, I thought he was a clown. Now I think he's a hero. You know, it's a uh, uh, that's how people, I guess, change in a very uh, unique environment. Mm-hmm. I think he's a true hero. He's super tough. I tell you what, anybody else had a state 
with all that going on, would have been on the next plane with I'm all sure. the cash they can carry, sure. man. I'm sure it would be in bunker, given away. Even I mean, yeah, I don't want to say names, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, I he's, a ba- he's a badass for sure. Yeah, he yeah. Was, he's there. I mean, he's a true patriot. He's like this, my children here. His wife and children are there. They're not overseas anywhere. So, and they're standing strong because they're sure they're on the right side. Mm-hmm. That's it. And every Ukrainian is like that too. I know my friends, musicians, you mm-hmm. know, uh, famous musicians. They took the guns and go fight in the real army and the real fight. I would do it too if if I didn't have a boy. Right. I would do it too, well, even though I'm American. But you know, I grew up there. I feel very mm-hmm. strongly that it's not fair. And and you know, for me, <clears throat> the history of of Russian. It's a very, you know, when I was a boy, we, I was seven years old, and my mom and I, we were going to Siberia, and we were flying through Moscow, and I'll never forget this. We were flying through Moscow, and the, the first time I see in my life Fanta, you know, Moscow had this oh, yeah. Fanta and Coca-Cola. Yeah. So I'm like, oh my God, Fanta, mom, can I have Fanta? <laughs> and it's and I said- stuff, strawberry, you know, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, I, and I asked her in Ukrainian, and she said to me, shh, don't speak Ukrainian because they'll put us in Gulag. That's 1979. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because she remembered from her dad, right? So that's how strong it is in Ukrainian heritage, right? It's in our gene pool, if you will. And now there is Glaza off. Putin says, hey, you know what? Ukrainian, sh- Ukrainian na- nation should not exist. Ukrainian state should not exist. He just said it blankly like that. Mm-hmm. Well, how is it possible that anybody in 21st century would say that? So basically he's saying, well, it's a genocide and I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and then uh, Ukrainians were going to sit. No. going to fight. So, and, and so everything he's telling the West is bullshit then. So, because yeah. cause his main complaint is he didn't want Ukraine to join NATO. Oh, you that's, know, that, that, that's, that's, that's what we hear. Here. That's for yeah. Americans to hear. Because Americans yeah. think that the NATO is a bad guy. I hear the same thing. I right. see yeah. the same thing on social media. You know, well, you wouldn't like it either if you had a, a country right next to you with all the missiles and they, they well, refer guess, back to the Cuban guess Missile Guess what crisis. he's trying to do to put missiles onto NATO. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's his goal. That's, That's always, how trick is It's always been like It's a that. cynical idea. And basically, he's doing this on purpose. Mm-hmm. That's, how, that's how the confusion and propaganda is and how the, that's how he wins uh, on the West, through propaganda. Because propaganda gives the idea uh, of permission to kill certain mm-hmm. nation it excuses justifies absolutely yeah. and you know so, what i'm seeing a lot on the news is that is that there's a lot of protests going on in russia and it gives me the idea yeah. that the russian people are against this war and they don't believe anything that's going on first of all they don't you know, know there is a war 95 percent of russians support putin right now and it's no joke uh, not because they think he's killing ukrainians no, because they think he's defending Russia from the evil West. Mm-hmm. That's right. all. Again, the, it's the same line, the same line over and over. And they so believe that. Is, you think there's any truth to the fact that at the beginning of this, a yeah. week or so ago, there was protests that sprung up, and I heard that they created a new law, which I don't know whether they did a new law because they've been repressive all this time. The 15 years for even uh, admitting that there's a that war, there's a war yeah. if you say it publicly if you say it publicly that there is a war that russia invaded ukraine these kind of words but these words 
If you say that Russia is doing the military operation in Ukraine, there is no jail. If you say that Russia <coughs> created a war against Ukrainians, jail. It's it's 15 uh, years in prison camp, hard labor. So that's that's their law. Now, uh, even more so, let's say if you sing a song that there is no war, let's say, it's the same law. Hmm. So anything publicly, anything hmm. public, and it's a huge, huge repression. It's the same as Stalin, the identical book, KGB book. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then uh, uh, the gulags are there. Russia is big in gulags. There's no doubt about that, right? And uh, the majority of people who go into the army right now, into Russian army, are the 18-year-olds. So they can't fight. Right. It's basically they're going to die because Ukraine's going to kill. Right. So just news today that uh, the Navy SEALs of Russia, basically the Navy SEALs mm -hmm. from Crimea, 70 of them, uh, the, the commander put them into Odessa. You go to Odessa. So, so they refused because they're afraid. It's like, look, we don't want to go because we're going to be killed. Mm -hmm. They went back to Crimea. So a lot of that happened. So what I'm saying is that that Ukrainians are creating this idea that don't fight with us. Mm -hmm. And it's a good motion. Yeah. Because it's the only way that European Union will be alive. I'll guarantee you that. Because next is going to be Lithuania, then Poland, and maybe Czech Republic. And then maybe Finland, because they want Finland. And Sweden is their enemy forever. And they're not in NATO. So it's all about expansionism. Because Bolsheviks, it's about the world revolution. Remember that, Marx. Mm -hmm. Right? Against the capitalism. Venezuela oil. Biden says that, hey, we want to make sure that Venezuela oil is producing. <coughs> well, who has Venezuela oil? Russian state. It was Rosneft who licensed the oil from Venezuela, right? And they gave it away, all the action, to the, to the Russian state. So if, if Venezuela is producing oil, who's getting rich? Russia. Mm-hmm. So all that cynicism, what I see, and you know, and I have a lot of friends it's in complicated, in, in in Rosneft, and I and I know the situation, and it, it's it's terrible what's going on, because of, of indecisiveness. Again, how serious it is. It's not about the paperwork. It's not about the bureaucracy. It's about the values. It's either civilized world or uncivilized, mm -hmm. and Putin tear any contract away. Right? He he did it. So the gloves are off. It's civilized world now like ukrainians do gloves are off too but we're civilized mm -hmm. right to make sure that they know and they punish those uh you know enemies the right way so sh no, nobody should be afraid of that imagine look imagine this you you're in the house now and, and somebody comes and is like get out you're gonna fight or you're right. going to say, no, hang on, hang on, I have a lease. Hang on a second. I have mm -hmm. a title here. Hang on a second. You're not, you, you don't have the right. He doesn't care. Right. You're going to fight. That's the proper response. And it's not about nuclear weapons because that's exactly what propaganda tells you. Again, all his family in Western Europe, he's constantly on Botox. Mm -hmm. What nukes? He loves himself too much. And not just him, but generals. All their money were in Caribbean. These sanctions don't do anything. They only they only empower the ideology to Russian people that he's doing the right thing. Yeah, they just see the pain. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
but, and, and he blames the West and right. yeah, it's easy. Yeah, and the West is supporting the Nazis and the, so right. all of that stuff. So that's that's what he does. And and I think the the end for this again is going to be thankfully to, uh, because Ukrainians are not going to give up, and he will realize he was wrong. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, European Union will understand how important it is to help Ukrainians more and more, military-wise. Uh, and he will be pressured, not by American government, I, I doubt that, but by European Union. And that's the only way he can be stopped. And maybe the generals in Russia, as they do it all the time, they'll probably change the uh, the political leader there. You know? And he's got to be stopped. Yeah. Because we have a disaster going on right now. Hour by hour, more more innocent people are paying Absolute, the price for absolutely, all this. Absolutely. And I know you've got a GoFundMe up. Yep. Um, you want to give those details here? Yeah, we did a, a GoFundMe.com, and it's called Help Ukrainian Help Refugees from Ukraine, and it's from Vlad and Elena Debriansky. And uh, we helped already 30 women. Okay. And they are in different situations. You know, it's one by one case, and I'm constantly on the email, and my wife too. Uh, we have about maybe 150 in the queue. We didn't go through them yet. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I know you've got some uh, houses in France that are... Um, a lot of different things. For example, yeah. the, the majority uh, uh, are women who stuck in Ukraine under shelling. They uh, they sit in the basement, but they have the telephone. Mm-hmm. And thankfully to Elon Musk, so there's a Starlink through the inter- internet. They can't get out. The only way they can get out is two hours a day. They can go to a pharmacy that's open maybe, and maybe some store that's open. That's it. Now, uh, the diapers, for example, problem, right? The medicine is a problem. For example, some women are used to certain medicine, but they go to different mm-hmm. locations, so there's no that. Yeah, I'm sure anymore. food is going to be a problem very soon. Food is probably going to be a problem. But mm-hmm. so far, food was not was not a problem. Food is there, and I checked with my friends. Everything's open, in a sense, and a lot of volunteers deliver food. Yeah, I've seen that, too. Yeah. So... Uh, the, the the majority are these women who are stuck without husbands. They are uh, under the shelling, and they they can't work. They, I mean, obviously, and they right. can't they can't get the money, right? And they have the babies. So, like for example, like today, we just uh, spoke to uh, one woman. She is in Kherson. Kherson is like near near Crimea. Uh, she has four babies, two, three, five, and seven. Oh my God. She's in basement for a week and a half already. She has a card, a bank card. And she says, can you send me to a card? I said, I can't. We, from, um, we, we can't do this. Because in Ukraine, you, so there's a system kind of like PayPal. You can send right. from, from a card to card. I said, we need your passport. Uh, uh, and we'll send it through Western Union or MoneyGram. And we'll do that way. And uh, basically what we figured out, we found uh, her, her um, relatives in Ternopil. And we send it to them, and they will get the money, and through the card, we'll send it to their card, and she can get out during the day, get the food and, and diapers. All right, that's the only way we, so we can help. And she's begging me, it's like, well, can you get out me out of the basement? Well, what can I do? From here, especially. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, so I, the monetary-wise, we can help. Right. Right, especially for the kids, <clears throat> to make sure. So that's what we do. Then also the uh, refugees who are already in Poland, Romania, uh, 
there's a lot of refugees. Just a, a lot. million and a half. Two and a half. Two and a half. And it's growing. It's growing. Yeah. And uh, I mean, obviously, Poland welcomed everybody, but uh, I mean, what can they do? Where can they place them? Right. Yeah. So they they, they created. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of stress on one one area. One in know? one nation. Yeah. Switzerland said the two thousand five hundred people are accepting now, and France is accepting now, and and UK is thinking now too. Mm -hmm. <coughs> Sorry about that. And. So, what we're doing, we are creating, we're creating a link between the people who can host and who is seeking a, a place to be somewhere to live. And a lot of these people kind of uh, contact us here and there, and then we pay for their ticket, uh, let's say, because inside of European Union, so there's a law if you're an immigrant from, from, uh, from Ukraine, it's free. Mm -hmm. But for example, going from Poland to Ireland, it's two days. Right. right. So how are they going to survive? Right. So we give them money for that. Right. And then they, uh, some, a lot of these people don't speak other languages than Ukrainian. And it's in Polish and then France and then whatever. So who's going to be the guide? Very complicated. Right. So we're kind of trying to find a guide who will get them through. It's usually a Polish guy, maybe somebody else, mm -hmm. and uh, but they, you know, they need support too, and so a lot of these kind of things that NGO will not find, because NGO is a, a place like a Red Cross, let's say, mm -hmm. they have a truck, a, a certain place will go get there. Well, I mean, how you can get there? Right. If you're somewhere in the village, somewhere, well, it's impossible. Right. So a lot of these situations that that we're targeting, and, and we get emails from. Much more people, but we target these kind of situations. So basically, if it's a woman with toddlers, uh, there's nowhere to go and no help. So we do that right away. And we're raising this money uh, through GoFundMe. Then I got approached by this German uh, woman who offered me uh, uh, help in Bitcoins. I've never done this in my life. I don't know <laughs> what that is. Uh, she explained it to me. And uh, then she explained it that it's easier to transfer and exchange for money. So right. we, we set it up through her, and she's she's doing that as well. So I don't know, honestly, how it works, but we're doing that as well. But our main goal is is this fund right now. My music is on hold sure, indefinitely for, for now. And uh, my school is on hold, and it got bombed, by the way. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, all of that. My my beautiful Fender guitars are bombed. <laughs> yeah. So and you still have family in Ukraine, correct? No, no. Uh, my parents are already dead. Uh, okay. My my brother left Ukraine ten years ago. I left Ukraine thirty years ago. Uh, but uh, my wife does. Okay. My wife uh, has a grandmother, and uh, and a mom, and they are in Severodonetsk. Severodonetsk. That's where a huge shelling right now is. Mm -hmm. And they already uh, lost their apartments, lived in apartment buildings. Uh, the rocket right. shot there, so they 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 safe, but they in basement, and uh, there is no help there because the Russians don't allow the humanitarian aid to come in. They shoot everybody. Right. They basically holding the civilians as hostage. Hostage, yes. Right. Because they know. Right. That's the safest way for them. And otherwise, would be bombed, right? So, what do you think the United States can do to 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 expedite an end 
to this situation? Send rockets, send uh, military aid. Just send military like, hardware or you absolutely. think troops as well? If somebody wants from the troops, yes, absolutely. I mean, again, it's a, it's not aggression against Russia. It's helping Ukraine. Right. And that's what Biden administration has to put together a thought around it. That's correct way to do this. It's it's not about hey we're gonna bomb Russia. No, we're helping Ukraine to survive. Mm-hmm. We're helping civilization to survive. We're helping people not to die. It's very simple. Because if we don't do something, it sounds like this is just gonna continue. If we don't do this, then we'll just feed in the aggressor more and more and more. He sees the weakness. He goes. His appetite grows. It's just simple, and mm-hmm. he and he knows that. And you know, I think that a big consensus with just regular Americans is that you know Russia will get tired of the sanctions. And somebody in Russia will take him out. It'll be done. False. First of all, let me remind you of Soviet Union. Soviet Union was under sanctions 70 years, Mm -hmm. 75. And what? They developed nuclear weapons. They developed a strong army, science, everything everything worked. Education worked. Everything worked. Again, sanctions work uh, economically. Mm -hmm. But economically on the world market, first of all, Second of all, sanctions that uh, are imposed right now are laughable. Mm-hmm. It's against individuals, not right. against the country. Those individuals, they have money in Caribbean Sea. Right, yeah, you, you, know, can't, you can't hunt down all the oil. Yeah, it's, money it's just it's laughable. It's laughable. It only, it only fuels to, to uh, rhetoric of Putin that the West is bad and tells people, look, your stores are closed because the West wants you to not have it. Right, so it just fuels it. It's just, it's just bad. It's just mm-hmm. basically a bad decision. It's bad governing. It's a bad idea of foreign policy. It's just all bad. It's just simply bad. However, if they didn't do sanctions, mm-hmm. Imagine the same stores Mercedes is selling there, but Biden is giving the military aid, serious military aid. Mm-hmm. You know, then it it sure is a signal to Putin. Look, don't come here. Mm-hmm. That's it. As simple as that. Right. It's very simple, and that's the only way to do this. Because sanctions is just only works. Uh, a plus to Putin ideology because ideology is the same. Look, they want us to die. They want us not to have clothes and food and things like that. Right. Right. So therefore, we will go further. And today, actually, uh, you know, I, I watched uh, the Russian propaganda on Channel One. There's a guy called Solovyov, and he already announcing that mm-hmm. he's their main kind of propaganda guy, and he already saying, look, we shouldn't stop at Ukraine. They're already preparing the public. We shouldn't stop at Ukraine, yeah, because mm-hmm. they, they are against us, and Russians will fight the evil. And everybody's, yeah, absolutely. So I think it's just a wrong. I think foreign policy is a terrible, from Obama and Biden. As far as Trump, uh, foreign policy was much quicker, responsive, and at least he he was the guy who kind of believed that the World War Three is a bad idea, you know, and he prevented yeah. it. You know, he said it publicly, but he prevented it. And, you know, if you want peace, prepare for war. That's basically the idea. And nothing changed after that rhetoric, you know. Pythagoras was saying this, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's a long time ago that we live by this idea. And if you want civilization to survive, and we, we don't want to speak Russian here, eventually, then we have to do something. 
Because if you don't do anything, well, it's going to be destroyed. Right. First within the country, then outside the country. And it's already working this way. I understand that it's hard to comprehend when you <clears throat> go outside to Starbucks and you have a coffee. It's like, yeah, it's somewhere outside. I don't know. It's like wars after war, but we have bills to pay and things like that. I understand that. I was also the same in Ukraine. Oh, whatever. Right? So uh, until the rocket hits that cafe where you're sitting, then you start to believe. Mm -hmm. Right? So that's how we have to be very pragmatic and realize that Russians think the main, the main enemy for them is the USA. Mm -hmm. Everybody here has to realize that, including those, the fifth column who lives here. They have to realize that. There is no illusion about it, not for Russians and not for Americans. It always was this way after the World War II. That's how the world was divided. You know, so I think the, the best solution right now is support Ukrainians, the fierce fighting, and mm -hmm. you cannot uh, kill idea of being Ukrainian. You just, you just can't. Right. It's just, you know, I'm, I'm not, that's why I'm baffled by Putin's idea. Right. So, uh, but you have to empower them mm -hmm. to, to defeat the civilians, to make sure that there's no this crisis because the more civilians are dying, the more Ukrainians are going to kill Russians. I guarantee you that. And Russians are going to be in shock when soon they will find out there's so many Russian soldiers are dead because mm -hmm. they don't know yet. You know, so far 12,000 military soldiers are dead according to Ukraine mm -hmm. and 1,200 Ukrainian soldiers are dead and about 2,000 civilians in Ukraine are dead. That's so far, but obviously it's, you know, it's a war, so it's hard right. to say. Comparing to this, to let's say the World War II, in World War II, 11 million civilians were refugees. Mm -hmm. That's for six years. 11 million for six years, displaced people. This is two and a half million for two weeks. Just imagine, yeah, crazy. imagine the, the crisis that we're going through mm -hmm. and how fast it's going. Mm -hmm. It's not the World War II, slowly by slowly, it's fast. Mm -hmm. And it can go spread faster than we think. That's why I think it's important to act now, being decisive. I'm surprised that the senators I'm reading, the senators have to tell Biden what to do. How? I mean, it's it's strange to me. I'm not surprised. <laughs> well, you're not surprised. <laughs> I'm surprised because you know, I became a, a U.S. citizen for the for the sake of, of of being part of that Western civilized world. Right. You know, I'm contributing to this, and I want to be part of it, and very proud of it. You know, and if I feel that somebody is uh, a, a bully or somebody is just trying to destroy me, I'll stand strong. Mm -hmm. And I'm surprised that Biden speaks a lot, but it's just, it's just lip service, basically. So you have to do something. You have to do something. They sit and, you know, doing whatever they do. So the decision has to be made quicker, faster uh, than they would think even, and, and not afraid. Because, first of all, you shouldn't be afraid of Putin. He's a weak guy. Mm -hmm. Num number two, he's bluffing all the time the only guys who are not bluffing the ukrainians that's why he's afraid right now he's the only guy who's afraid of ukrainians in the, in the world mm -hmm. and he's, he's just recently learned that lesson yeah yeah 
He's afraid of Ukrainians. And he, that's why he gave the command to kill every Ukrainian. That's, mm. what, that's what it is. Because he's afraid of them. He's truly afraid of them. He's not afraid of Biden. He's not afraid of Macron. You know, he's not afraid mm -hmm. to, of anybody because he understands they're bound by the civilized bureaucracy. A whole right. different set of rules. Exactly yeah. right. So, and how do you, as I, as I said, if somebody comes to you here, you, you're not showing your paperwork that you live here, you're going to be fighting. Mm -hmm. Well, that's, that's exactly the story. Mm -hmm. Right. So, if you, if you ask me what I would do, again, if my uh, boy was not with me here, I would probably go back and fight. And, be, be happy about it right so there is no fear my wife who's 30 years old a beautiful woman she's like i'm gonna fight and every woman is like that in ukraine too right nobody's afraid nobody's afraid so i'm surprised that all these leaders are afraid i see a lot of uh europeans come and help ukraine they're not all, they're not afraid so people are not afraid mm -hmm. They are not afraid. Yeah, I think everybody's just, they get wound up really quick over nuclear weapons, you know. <laughs> and that was the one thing that, that Putin did do. He put his nuclear arsenal on high alert, and it scared the shit out of everybody, you know. So what? So well, you know? speaking of nuclear, uh, wasn't it 1994 that uh, Russia, Ukraine, and I guess the United States, I don't and know England. the name of it. England. England. UK. Yeah, okay. They all had an agreement. Yes. No more nukes in, in uh, Ukraine, and everything is going to be okay, and we'll all be friends. What happened is... Uh, uh, but there's still uh, nuclear weapons in Ukraine. No. No? No. What, huh. what happened is this, uh, when Bush Sr. was the president, he pressed Ukraine to give up the nuclear arsenal. Ukraine at that time was the third largest nuclear power right. in the world. Yeah, I knew at one time. Yeah, that's what it was. Okay. The third largest. America was first, Russia second, Ukraine is the third. <clears throat> so it's pretty big. The idea of that time was to make sure that there's no threat of nuclear war, and therefore let's talk to these countries yeah. to reduce it. And that's correct. Non-proliferation. Non-proliferation. So, and that, that was a good move, per se. Let's just reduce our power. It's going mm -hmm. to be easier for everyone. It's, it's, it's okay. And... What happened in Budapest in 1994, in Hungary, America, UK, Russia, and Ukraine signed a deal that Ukraine is giving up all its arsenal, destroying it, right, in exchange for its security. This, the security is guaranteed by United States, UK, and Russia. Obviously, Russia... <laughs> doesn't yeah. keep its promises, as we know. Right. But UK and the States doesn't support security either. Hmm. So that's that's how Ukrainians feel now. And the last speech of, of Zelensky, that's how uh, Putin said, okay, we're going to war. It was two days after Zelensky said that this is going to be the fourth last time you're going to ask the Senyiso Memorandum to get together and get our security back. If that doesn't work, we're going back to being a nuclear country. Because otherwise, how Ukrainians get right. their security. This piece of paper didn't do this any good. Right. right. And Ukraine has all abilities to do this. In fact, I'm a nuclear engineer. I can do it. You know, 
and there's plenty of engineers mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and that and that's what he said. That was on the twenty second of February. He said that. And his speech, Putin said, "Oh, well, you're not allowed that to happen." Hmm. Right. So it has nothing to do with NATO again, as everybody's thinking here in the states. Right. Nothing has to do with NATO. It has to do with the idea that Putin wants to make sure he's the leader of the new world, basically against the Western values. The, the values are pro-Russian. If you are against Russian, you're anti-Russian. That's all it is. Ukraine cannot be independent for simply reason because he wants to make sure there is no other country who says, I'm going to have nuclear weapons. It has nothing to do with NATO. Well, my fear is Putin's how old now? 70, I think. Really? Yeah. He's 70? Yeah. Well, yeah, I think, you know, he sees his end of life you know, on the horizon. Yes. And uh, he wants to leave a legacy. Yeah. I think that's exactly, you, you nailed, I think you nailed it. That's his idea. He understands he's not going to be forever. And he wants to make sure he's going to be, as Lenin proclaimed in Mausoleum or something like right. that, he created this new era of the world, the new world power, new, and it's all pro-Russian, right? And he defeated the West finally. Yeah, the, the he idea. sees weakness in the world right now, right, and right. now's his big chance. You're exactly right. So if you if you look at this, uh, his supporters are also all the uh, uh, Syrian government, right? All that stuff. So basically, mm -hmm. ISIS. Uh, it's it's a war against the West, and wow. he's the leader of that. And he's the leader. He's going to show it to people he established and makes very proud point in his life. If I pull some strings and set up a meeting, uh, can you explain that to our administration? What's really going on? <laughs> I'm <laughs> sure. I'm sure they do, <laughs> but there's too much politics involved. You know? <laughs> there's too much money involved too. I think. There's well, too many too many deals all around the world and too many people related to each well, other. Well, as I mentioned about the multifaceted uh, about the Venezuela, for example, right? Biden says, "Oh, I'm going to talk to Venezuela." It's, it, it's just giving money to Putin. Uh, just, you know, uh, America is, is important. Is important of uh, Russian oil, right? Or, uh, oil products, I should say, not oil. Mm -hmm. Oil products, and it's from one percent to ten depends on the year, right? And yeah, it's not much. Right. And it's now millions every day, though. Yeah, but it's not much, right? For Russians, it's not much. But for Russians, it means dollars, and that's important, right? Because if they uh, uh, export that oil to China, it's 10 times less money, right? The same with gas, right? So they know what's going on there. And uh, and by the way, Rosneft and, and Gazprom, which is gas and natural gas and oil, it's all property basically of Putin and KGB, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, obviously... If you if you do these kind of things, oh, we're not going to export oil and all that stuff. Well, there is oil in Venezuela, there is oil in Africa, in Namibia, you know, and it's all Russian hands there, Chinese and Russian hands, right? So uh, to to say to to the public in America, it's like, hey, we we are going to do this, is basically misleading people because thinking that Americans are stupid is a bad idea. Yeah, you know, and. People yeah. are seeing that, though. Exactly. So you can do this. You have to be honest. You have to understand that people are smarter than you are. You know, I have my own company. I hire people who are smarter than me. Uh, I have an idea, a vision, but they have to be smarter because they are doing the hard work and innovation, right? It's the same thing with Americans. And 
Look, who's helping the most in humanitarian crisis for America and Ukraine? Elon Musk. He's giving the, the, the Starlink free mm-hmm. of charge, right, to make sure that, that, that people have money that I'm sending, mm-hmm. right? So one American does it because he's smarter, more innovative, right? And imagine giving this to people and giving, uh, being a leader of smart people. That's the idea of America to mm-hmm. me. So if you do this, then, yeah, innovation goes. The people have the potential coming out. They can achieve their highest success and, and highest goals in life. And it's also to benefit to society. That's a very simple idea. But instead, the government is trying to say, well, we, we know better. We government and you stupid. That's that's how they do and it. And they've never run a business in their life. It's of course a bunch not. of bureaucrats. Of course They've never met a payroll or, of course not. or anything. Of course. That's why their response to Ukrainian crisis is this, is bureaucratic. Yes. It has nothing to do with human values. Like, for example, mm-hmm. I would ask Mr. Biden right now, what if somebody put a rocket right now into town or where you sit or to your son and your son would be dead? What he would do? He would say, "Oh, hang on a second, it's, it's bureaucracy." Hang on a second. He mm-hmm. would say that. No, he would fight. Right. That's the idea. So, and if you see your comrade, your buddy that you're supporting, is having that, what do you do? You can help. It's just simple human value. Mm-hmm. You know, especially for for the values that you share. You know, and that becomes also an an ideology, which I think a lot of people even think of that name here, but Russians do all the time. That's why they have, uh, they never think, oh, look, it's fine. We don't need McDonald's. We can do something else. It's it's fine, but the West is the bad one because it kind of fuels the idea back to them. Now, to Americans... The value of America is exactly the freedom, exactly the, 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 the chance. It's quite the opposite. So if Biden says, what should we do? Ask the public if you don't know. Mm-hmm. It's a very simple democratic idea. And public will tell you. Yeah. You know, so, and it's quite opposite. It kind of reminds me of this kind of, you know, of Soviet Union that I grew up. It's like, I'm the government, you, you know, buddy. <laughs> That kind of relationship, you know, mm-hmm. and it's that's uh, not it's not going to be a cohesive relationship. It's not going to go and bloom at one point. Opposite, and because again, people invent stuff, not not bureaucrats. Right. You know, they throw money at things. Yeah, and they'll take it away from you and give it to them. Well, because they think it's you know it's like uh, one of the reasons why I moved to Texas from California because of that rhetoric that I've seen in California, mm-hmm. and. Uh, it's a dangerous rhetoric because when you say the government knows better what to do with your money, that's exactly the end of the innovation. Right. Right. So it's not about the taxes amount per se, even though it does important. Right. But that rhetoric, that who's in charge of your money yeah. in your pocket and how do you deal with this and how do you, a human being, I have a son, he's a human being. I just make sure that I support him. But he has already his idea what he does. I'm sure everybody who has kids knows this. Mm-hmm. So, and all I can do is just make sure that he knows here and there. And my job is to make sure this is black and this is white. That's all it is. Right? And, but his innovation, it's his innovation. Imagine if I'm a government. It's like, no, no, no. I'm not giving you this money for innovation. I know what you should do. 
That's it. His potential as a human being is destroyed. His potential was given by, by God, per se, is destroyed. That's what it says in our Constitution. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The pursuit of happiness is the right, you know, and it's not just... A God-given right. A God-given right. From the government. Of course not. To take it away when of they want Of course not. So we are free people by default. <clears throat> right. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's it. That's the starting point. And then you go and make the society, you know. That's the idea. And, uh, and I'm a true believer in that. Otherwise, I wouldn't be going from Soviet Union to America, <laughs> you know. So I became a blues guitarist and jazz guitarist because I have an individual ideas. I only have these fi the, these fingerprints. Nobody else has this fingerprint, right? right? So I'm unique in that sense, and therefore I'm 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 happy, right? And it's like a salad. If you have a salad just from tomatoes, it's just tomatoes, and that's it. But if you put some color into that salad, well, that's much better. Mm -hmm. That's the idea of innovation, you know. And not everybody has to live by one uh, level of life, you know. It's just it's just unfair. In, even though they will, they will say that we aren't there, right? So right. that's how the twist the situation is, and obviously it it falls into the propaganda of of, of Bolsheviks, because that's exactly what they will tell you. Oh, capitalism doesn't work. That's their rhetoric. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, any any of that confusion is going to be just fueling to them. That's how dangerous it is. That's it's a it's like basically like evil spirit, if right. you will, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it feeds off. The negative it feeds off you plant a little seed of doubt and work on that there you go yeah. like we started this conversation today i'm confused what's mm -hmm. right what's wrong right that's exactly the state of mind that putin tried to achieve for years and years and years if you ask a russian if he's confused zero right if you ask an american oh i'm confused maybe ukrainians are bad i don't know i don't nato and so on and so forth and uh -huh. that's it i'm on the fence about this uh, but i heard that yeah, yeah. And that's it. Then, first of all, you allow that evil to grow. Number two, your potential as being sure who you are is basically nothing, right? Innovation in the country goes nowhere. Right. And then the power of the country goes nowhere. So it's just a, a step after step. It's a chain reaction, a domino effect. You know, and, and if, if uh, Americans don't see it, that's a big problem. That's why, for example, you know, I was hesitating to speak anything about the war because i'm a musician i have a career you've got a lot at stake because you're really big in europe isn't that right i was number one in russia in charts in blues charts you know i'm number one number two rolling stones then you're clapton so on and so forth so yeah it's a lot of stake i mean i lose the entire audience in russia right and that means money for my child right right I was number four in, in America in jazz charts, right? So I have audience too. I have audience in Canada, in Europe, in France, and in, in Oslo, and so on and so forth. In Japan, I was number one in Japan, right? So as my friends, I have a lot of friends, celebrities, and they say, oh, it's, you know, this, that's politicians who do. I, I, I don't do this. And I understand why. Because music is is ever reaching, right? Right. And uh, universal language. It's universal language, and it goes to different groups of people. And if you say something as a person, not as a musician, as as a person, there will be someone that disagrees with. Of that. course, and they will say, "Hey, okay, I'm in America, <laughs> <laughs> everywhere, really, <laughs> right?" Yeah. So, and you risk. 
Right? Oh yeah, absolutely. You Any, risk anytime you speak out, right. you're and I your knew it. Out. I knew it. I'm gonna right. I'm gonna risk it. Uh, and I spoke to my wife, and she said, "Well, maybe I should do it." She, she told me I shouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I remember my my father, and and he told me. You know, my father never said a lie. He was this tough guy, a World War Two boy, and all that stuff. You know, he was going with Nazis. He remember he, he told me stories how they killed when he was little people and all that stuff. How he had a piece of bread for a week. You know, he just make sure that he has enough. He was an older brother. Uh, there was a younger brother and his mom because uh, the father died. So, and he, at 13 years old, was uh, going to the factory to making sure he has some food and such. And, you know, and and he was actually uh, uh, joined the Communist Party in the 60s. And he was uh, one of the guys who basically, I should say, in upper echelons of that party. Mm-hmm. But he never lied. He couldn't. He read a lot. His favorite was Balzac, you know, and uh, <clears throat> he loved Ukrainian culture. Uh, and then I remember this in 1988 when Gorbachev was in power. And uh, and this perestroika that was the time, all that glasnost basically means for our audience, like, de- like democratic uh, mm-hmm. ideas, Right. kind of poured into Soviet Union at that time. And he started reading about Stalin. And then he asked my mom, because she never told him anything. My mom, you know, she was a dentist, and at the graduation in the 50s, when she was a dentist, her her mom and dad came to the graduation. And they were priests. They came, and there was a guy... Um, came to her and said, oh, if I knew that you from a priest family, you would never graduate from the school. Right, because she remembers that. But mm-hmm. she never told my father about that. Right, all these stories. And even though my father knew she was from a religious family, but, you know, they never talked about it. So when he started doing this, when he started talking, then he put two and two together. He was one of the first guys in the Soviet Union who ripped off the, the Communist Party membership. And I remember that moment. We gathered in the living room. My mom says, my dad, my brother, and they're saying, well, probably tomorrow they'll take us to Siberia. Because I publicly don't believe this bullshit anymore. And and mama is telling me what to do. You have to make sure they have to have food these things because they'll take everything away from us make sure that you take this this and that and I was prepared for that fully prepared my point is he wasn't afraid he would damage himself his boy right but he couldn't stay in denial right you know he had to say the truth that's it. It's the same for me, you know. So that's why I said it, and you know, and and I and I was attacked by 
a lot of, like even today, some, a lot of Russians attacking me. Why are you doing this? Do music, do music. Why, why are you speaking up? Who are your friends? All that stuff, you know. They, they could be KGB agents, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's what's happening a lot. I got bombarded because one of my videos got like 7 million views or something. And they bombarded me. Like, oof, Facebook shut me down because they thought it was a, some disaster or whatever. And, <clears throat> you know, I got attacked by... Uh, what's his? Uh, how do you call these guys who steal your social security number and all that stuff? Hackers. Mm-hmm. I got attacked by hackers. My bank account, all that stuff, right away. Right. So, um, but you know, but you had to take a stand. You know. You got to stand for something. Yeah. 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 And that's a problem in this country. I, don't, I think that the average American has kind of lost lost that understanding that you get to a point to where you do have to take a stand and it doesn't matter anymore, you know, what it hurts and, and whether right. you lose because you're going to win in the end, Yep. you know, so. You're going to lose everything at the end. The thing is, uh, you know, if you, if you want to win bread, you have to fight for it. If you, if you give bread away, you lose your freedom and bread together. So you have to make sure that you understand uh, the values, the values that you stand on. Mm-hmm. You know? And uh, a lot of people are confused, and I absolutely agree. This is the biggest tragedy uh, of our time, that people right. are confused. They're confused about the values. They're confused about their reactions. Uh, if somebody comes to me and beats me up, I'll beat them back. Mm-hmm. It's normal. It's normal. You shouldn't be afraid of doing this. You know? uh, you're not going to say, hey, hang on a second, here's a paper, and you can't beat me. You can't do this. You know, mm-hmm. so if somebody takes your property away or your life away, what what do you do? Nobody has the right to take your property or life away. Nobody. Right. So, uh, if somebody decides to do that, well, you have to fight. And uh, it's just simple values that are taught through centuries and centuries and centuries. And mm-hmm. I think because of that, people decided to have a civilized world. You know, and we have progression. I mean, look at America. Everything's invented here. Everything's invented here. You know, the best, everything comes from here. Mm-hmm. And it's only 300 million people, 350, let's say. China has billions. India uh, has billions. So why is it not there? Yeah. You know, why is it here? Well, there is a value to that then. Then it means human brain, human behavior, human, human values, freedom creates the best way of life. Right. Just simple right. as that. It's just, you don't have to be a, a philosopher about it. It's just right there. The power of individual. Yeah. Um, Individualism. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. being individual, uh, your freedom is guaranteed by God, not by country. Mm-hmm. It's just basically it. Your thought process is guaranteed by you, right? Because you create your thoughts. To materialize the, like those thoughts into something good about you, that's the values, right? You go through the values. So you understand how to create something of your potential that's going to benefit somebody else. You know, that's very important. You know, I do this music this way. You know, it's not about satisfying me. It's about uh, making sure people are happy with that, Mm -hmm. right? So the same as this iPhone, I'm sure. I'm happy with that even though it's annoying, but, you know, I'm happy with that. So the idea of individual value is to make sure that we all bloom as flowers in the field and we have the right to do that. That's it. You know, and, and if somebody bombs that field, what do you do? 
you know, fight. Fight. That's the only way. And uh, as I said, we are in World War Three. We are. Mm-hmm. Just the West is in denial. Yeah. Not the people, but the leaders. They are in denial. The other guy is bluffing a lot, but he kills a lot. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, nobody's stopping him. Well, of course yeah. he'll be doing more. He's not going to stop by himself unless yeah. he has to. Right. Exactly. So and this is very easy. Well, then Lithuania would be very easy too. Easy. Yeah. Not a question. Yeah. Right. Not a question. This has happened before. <laughs> many, many times. And, you know, the people think, well, it's 21st century. Well, the people are the same. Mm-hmm. You know, the same emotions and the same evil, the same good. Mm-hmm. It's all the same. Read uh, any book. Why do we like movies? Because it's a story of good and evil. You know. Uh, Generally, yeah. That's all it is. It all comes from religion books. Either it's a Bible, either it's a, a Talmud or whatever. The Quran is the same stories of learning what's good and what's not good. That's all it is. It translated. That's why people go to movies and theaters and music. It's all telling the stories. And if people didn't learn anything from that story, that's a tragedy. That's where the tragedy is. And right now, we're living in a, in a real-world disaster where we have to solve as human being based on the stories of good and evil to make sure that we're on the side of good. And right. the, 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 the confusion is given right now that you don't know on which side you are, and that's a tragedy. You know, to me, that's the that's how the humanity will lose its humanity. How the civilization is going to be destroyed. Okay. Well, Vlad, this has been a really thought-provoking conversation. Definitely and was. I really yeah. hope you're correct. Yeah, I've learned that, a lot. Too. I hope that I hope that Putin is bluffing, and uh, this thing will resolve somehow without yeah. losing a lot of Ukrainian people. So, yeah, and I too. hope that. Uh, you know, you can go back to a sovereign nation and rebuild, and and yep. uh, it'll happen. Now, what I'd like you to do again is is to give that address for your GoFundMe because I want to make sure everybody hears that. Uh, yes, uh, GoFundMe. Uh, it's a GoFundMe.com. Okay. Forward slash, and it's kind of uh, numbers. It's three four a b b d eighty five again. It's GoFundMe.com, 34ABBD85. Okay. And they can find that on your social media sites. Yes. Too. Uh, if you look right. at, at Vlad Debriansky uh, or Olena Debriansky De, De uh, GoFundMe, you'll, you'll see. Okay. And I'll put a link to that in the description oh, thank of you. this video thank you. Yeah. to make sure that they get to it. All right. So, guys, here's what you need to do. Since our leaders aren't able to make a decision, we can. And what we can do is we can give a little bit of our money. It's not going to hurt you. 10 bucks, 20 bucks. If we all gave that much, there's 336 million people in this country. And we could solve a humanitarian crisis that's happening in Ukraine and Poland right now. It's an immediate so, crisis, yeah. a right now crisis. Right. Yeah, so give up a couple of bucks, man. Uh, let's make it happen. And uh, we're Americans, and, and that's what we do, you know. Um, we talk a lot about spreading freedom and prosperity. And in it's the a world. whole lot more than just flying a new uh, emoji or something on your uh, on your Facebook right. profile. You can really make a difference. Yeah, and if you're wondering what you can do as an individual, that's it. You know, that's the only thing you can do as an individual. And um, if I could, I'd like to give a shout out to uh, some friends uh, in the band, the Ghost Wolves, in Austin, Texas. Uh, I think it's a Venmo. You can find the Ghost Wolves on on Facebook. 
uh, they've got friends in Ukraine. They do a lot of European tours. Okay. And uh, so look for them, too. Ghost Wolves also have a, a link up on their website. Yeah. And again, guys, be careful where you get your news. Um, not everything that we get is the truth either. So, uh, you know, look around and disseminate for yourself. Um, I'm Hank Vatt. For Mark Hogan, this is Hank's Think Tank, and we're out.